Today is the fourth Sunday of Easter. It's commonly called Good Shepherd Sunday because the scripture readings, the prayers, the music, the hymns, the uh, message, they all revolve around this theme we have of the Good Shepherd. And of all the images we have of Jesus, Savior, Messiah, Son of God, Son of Man, just to name a few, the image of Jesus as our Good Shepherd remains one of the most beloved that we have even today. And this is rather surprising, quite honestly, because most of us have such a limited understanding and experience of who shepherds are and what they do. How many shepherds do you know? Not including kids in the Christmas program who wear the bathrobe and the towel on their heads, right? So even in the densely populated area here outside our nation's capital, uh, where the only sheep to be found are in a, a, a petting zoo, we love Jesus, our good shepherd. And so we come to worship and praise our risen Savior, our good shepherd, who tells us in today's gospel lesson, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus' words become the basis for today's sermon on this Good Shepherd Sunday under the theme, The Abundant Life. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching and the hearing and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. Life is one of John's key words in his gospel lesson, that little word, life. And John uses it, that word life, more than any other New Testament writer. And it always refers to eternal life. Well, the abundant life is something that most of us dream about one time or another. Most, think, most people think the abundant life, you know, is having everything you need, everything you want, not having any worries or concerns or fears, you know, hakuna matata right? Hakuna Matata. No worries for the rest of your life. It's having the means to go where you want to go, do what you want to do. And right now, under continuing stay-at-home orders, that abundant life seems so far away. Maybe even just going to get a coffee on your way to work. When's the last time we were able to do that? Or taking your kids to the playground. Or something that seems very ordinary and everyday. Truth be told, the abundant life is not just the big shiny things, but it is really the ordinary everyday things, the relationships, how we are connected to one another in a very real way. That is what this time of the coronavirus is teaching us the value of one another. Jesus, who is the door of the sheep, has come to give his sheep, his flock, life that is full, life that is abundant. Now, what does that look like? Well, last week I asked for input from you on social media to share what the abundant life looks like. And I want to say thank you to those who did respond. You're welcome to continue posting pictures or images or 
giving some kind of description in writing. Many of you said uh, the abundant life is family, loved ones, or it's the gift of God's creation. And I want to say thank you to Jennifer Hills, our Director of Youth and Christian Education, who is off screen right now for her able assistance with this fun project to help us grow in our understanding of that abundant life that we have in Jesus, our Good Shepherd. So no matter where you are joining us for online worship today, each of us has entered through some type of door some kind of opening to get here. Think door of your bedroom, through the door of your kitchen, through the door of your living room or family room. We pass through doors all the time. We don't even give these a second thought. And it is this entry point, this gate, this door that Jesus says he is. Elsewhere in John's gospel, Jesus puts it like this, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if we want to know who God the Father is, we first have to know who Jesus is. We get to the Father only through the Son, who is the gateway to the Father. Contrast this, as we heard in the gospel lesson, with those who try to sneak into the sheepfold or, or jump the fence. Those very actions demonstrate that such persons cannot be trusted. So how do you distinguish between shepherds and shysters, between being led and being misled, between being blessed and being bamboozled, between those who are prophets and those who would profit, between those who would pray with the flock and those who would pray upon it. Jesus clearly tells us, whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Godly motives will manifest themselves and make themselves known in humble and loving service, not deceit and exploitation. Our Good Shepherd models this self-giving, sacrificial love for the sake of his flock, his sheep. He has come that we may have life and have it abundantly. Many years ago, there was a man named Eric Bishop who wrote about traveling through what is now Iran by donkey, if you can believe that, from east to west. And this was in the days before travel by car or by plane. And in that part of the world, if you wanted to get somewhere, travel was by donkey. So he and his traveling companions stopped in a tiny village for the night. And when they woke up the next morning, they woke up to a snow-covered landscape. And the donkey driver stated that it was impossible to go any further until the snow melted a bit. So they remained in the village for that day. And Eric Bishop 
wrote about what he saw. I quote, in the afternoon, I set out to see the sights about the village. Not far away, I came to a mound of earth piled up in a large circle like a, a crude rampart. And on top of the mound, all around the circle was a heap of dry thorns. As I stood wondering what this might be, one of the villagers approached me. Salam, I said, please tell me what this enclosure is for. Oh, he said, that is for the sheep. They're brought in here for the night for safety. Good, I said, but why have the dry thorns been piled up on top of the wall? That, he replied, is a protection against wolves. If a wolf tries to break in and attack the sheep, he'll knock against the thorns and they'll make a noise and the shepherd will wake up and drive off the wolf. Well, that's fine, I said, but why does the wolf try to climb over the wall? Here is the entrance to the enclosure. It's open. There is no door to keep the wolf out. He could easily enter here. Oh no, said my guide, you do not understand. That is where the shepherd sleeps. The shepherd is the door. And then I understood something that had often puzzled me. It became clear to me why Jesus had in John chapter 10 called himself first the door and then immediately the shepherd. Since he is the shepherd, he is also the door. The abundant life which Jesus brings is different from what the world promises. Jesus doesn't promise that life will be easy or trouble-free because we are a sheep of his pasture a member of his flock. Jesus doesn't promise that we will always have what we want in following him as our good shepherd. Jesus doesn't promise that by following him, we'll always have sunshine and laughter. So right now, we're living through some very challenging times in the midst of the coronavirus. And people are asking, where's Jesus in all of this? He's right here among his people as he always is. Like Psalm 23, which we read together, that beloved Psalm of the Good Shepherd, Jesus is leading us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even now, Jesus is leading us beside those still waters that <clears throat> refresh and restore our soul. And even when we must pass through that narrow door and walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even then, especially then, our Good Shepherd is right there beside us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Death and the grave have no power over our Good Shepherd because he himself has died and is now risen from the dead. Our good shepherd laid down his life on the cross for us, paying the price 
for our sin and disobedience, and he now lives and reigns to all eternity. Like we heard in that epistle lesson for today from 1 Peter, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. That's how much our good shepherd loves his sheep, his flock. That's how much the good shepherd loves you. The abundant life that Jesus wants to give each one of us begins now in this life and will be brought to completion in the life to come where he will make all things new. Today, Good Shepherd Sunday was to be Confirmation Sunday here in our congregation. And of course, this cannot happen as we had planned. This year, we have only one young person who was to be confirmed. And I say to that one confirmand, Lauren, if you're watching this, your Good Shepherd loves you. God willing, we will have that rite of confirmation sometime in the fall and we will celebrate with you and your family then. Until then, hold fast to Jesus, our Good Shepherd. The full and abundant life is found in him and his promises for you. Amen. And the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly, your spirit, your soul, and your body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Amen.